Hey y'all, you're listening to Diagnosing Sitcoms and Movies, the DSM podcast. We help make mental health more comfortable by using Black movies and shows we know and love and culture to remove stigma. So join our convo with your hosts, Courtney Copeland, licensed mental health counselor. And Dr. B, licensed professional counselor. What's poppin', y'all? Welcome back to the show. Um, This episode, we are talking about the 1973 crime drama and one of my favorite movies of all time, again, but really this time, The Mac. You have a lot of favorites, all-time favorites. Mm-hmm. Is it okay? So what, I share my love freely. You do? Okay. So wait, how many of the all-time favorites? Like this, is it okay? A top so this 10? is this is in the top five. Oh, it's a top five. This is a very important player. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's the Mac. He is the Mac. Mm-hmm. He said they're gonna talk about the Mac like they talk about Jesus. That was the most random ass <laughs> part of this movie. If you've never it seen was needed. The no, it was needed. It, it needed to establish the 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 immediate rise to success that he made. But why did Jesus have to come into the to the police station? That part was just like oh, what? that part. I was talking about them in bed, and he was plotting on how he was going to be a good match. Why Jesus was there? Yes. Um, maybe it was just a dude in Oakland that thought he was Jesus, and so they needed to make it authentic. Right. Okay. <laughs> you know <laughs> I I never question you in your in your choices in your favorite movies. You do. You actually talk bad about um me, my childhood, um <laughs> my my mother's parenting and her decisions to allow me to watch these movies. Mama never. said it, she did. Never. <laughs> She's listened to the show too. <laughs> I never said that. Ma'am, I just think you're a bad parent at all. <laughs> I just think Courtney had an eventful childhood in front of the television. Mm-hmm. I've never seen this movie. I'm sure that you haven't. I knew the second that I said it that you had never seen it. And the talk movie about before. judging people. No, I have not. I was- and see, I don't judge you, I <laughs> sympathize. I feel bad that you haven't seen these movies. I appreciate it. feels like you. my responsibility to share them with you. I appreciate you sharing this one with me. I, you know, I thought he was, he was very handsome. And I, my favorite thing was when he's, when he, you know, okay, okay, okay. You know, he just, <laughs> he just so. Play cool, baby. Like, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, just real cool with it. Pimpin, right? sense man, pimpin, sense man, pimpin, sense man, pimpin. I know it. Mm-hmm. I just love it. It all started with the Mac. Um, Want to give a disclaimer on this episode, though, because the Mac is all about pimping, since been pimping, since been pimping, since been pimping. Wanted to just specify that we are in no way making any judgments of individuals who engage in sex work. We are not celebrating the exploitation of sex workers. There are some extreme yet sometimes accurate uh, depictions of manipulation that Mm -hmm. can occur um, in in pimping. Uh, And most importantly, these were... In this film, all age appropriate of age women who were mm-hmm. choosing. We mm-hmm. see lots of choice Choice in yes. this film. There isn't yes. any overt coercion. No. Um, there isn't any trafficking that occurs in this movie, which is part of why I guess it is it is allowed to be one of my favorites. Because it, <laughs> it shows pimping in a responsible way. In a responsible way. way. Yes. yes. We can pimp as long as it's responsible. You 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 heard it. The bitch just chose me. It, she did. She chose was, me. Now we can handle crazy. this. We can handle this like we got some class. <laughs> or we could get it to some gangster shit. Okay. He was. <laughs> I was like, okay, you know what? And I would have went right, stood right, right beside him, behind him, like, mm, what you gonna do? Like she, she had a poodle or whatever. <laughs> little animal that was. Crazy. It's crazy. Um, the whole conversation that he had with Lulu, was that her name? Mm-hmm, that's her name. The bottom bitch. The best bottom bitch. That she played. She did. But wait. Yeah. Why she got to be the bottom bitch if she was the original? That's okay, honey. A wait, bottom wait. bitch is a good thing. Okay. The bottom bitch is the one that holds you down. That's she the, the OG. That's the original. That means even when you at your bottom, she's going to bring you up. Oh, is that how that works? Yeah. Did the bottom bitch is it's, it's, a, it's a coveted position. So put some respect on her bottom bitch name. Bottom bitch. But it just sounds so derogatory. It's just to be the bottom and the top. 
She, we can, we can go back to talking like Jesus and she could be the alpha and the omega of uh, bitches, if you prefer. I'd prefer. But it was that way. In fact, I think that when you say bottom bitch, it does kind of sound like the bottom. That's best because you don't know pimping. I don't know pimping. I could not live this lifestyle. Friends. Friends. I could I just, ooh. Okay, they would just, oh, I get kicked out. The pimp would fire me. I would be fired. They'd be like, what? But living in in North Carolina, there mm-hmm. is like strip club culture. And mm-hmm. so being familiar with strip club culture, you've never had like witnessing of pimping culture? No. Okay. All right. Well, then let's get on getting to the movie. <laughs> Here's your lesson. Because the movie, um, it, it happens. It loosely... Loosely, 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 loosely um, <laughs> is inspired by Frank Ward, who was a pimp and drug dealer in mm-hmm. Oakland and is the reason why the film was able to like go and do all of the things that they were going and, and doing because he was putting his name, his credit up for them to be able to go to the the low-key um, gambling spots, the barbershops, the clubs, okay. showcase the the hoes and the drug addicts that were authentic. They that wasn't that, they brought their own costume. That that yeah, they weren't acting. They were living. They were living. Um, yeah, because Frank pr- provided all of that. So is it a film or a documentary? It's a film because uh unfortunately Frank, that's why he is at, in the opening credits. There is a tribute to him because oh, yes. he was shot in the back, back of the head during the recording of the film. So mm-hmm. what's, I don't, I, okay, so Oakland, um, thugs, gangsters, people, I'm going to look into every camera that we got right now. I'm not saying that this is what happened. I don't know. I'm not a part of that culture. I don't know pimping. Okay. So mm-hmm. I, I, I observe. I'm like the kids getting the bread. Mm-hmm. Okay. Don't you ever say that you're going to be like me. So <laughs> what allegedly had happened mm-hmm. was the Black Panthers was like, hey, um, y'all shooting this film in our neighborhood and y'all talk about Pippin, y'all talk about all of this stuff. We're going to need a couple stacks to hold down, you know, what we got going. Y'all got to contribute. Yeah, so we need about five. We need about five of them things. Mm-hmm. And Frank was like, no, they here on my court. I got this. I'm running the places that we going, so no. And so the, five, the Black Panthers did not get their five stacks. And it was a little issue between Frank <gasps> and, and the Black and, Panthers. And then Frank just ended up shot. So I'm not saying that they had anything to do with it. Because again, Oakland, Oakland, I don't know. She don't know. I don't know. The it. rumor has it. I don't, I don't, I don't know, know the rumor. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm sorry. However, I will say that Max Julian, who is the lead mm-hmm. and um, co-writer of the film, um, was friends and was cool with Huey P. Newton. Yes. And um, some of even his, the brothers, um, I always forget the brother's name. What's the brother's name? name? Olinga. Yes. Um, Some of Olinga's speeches was basically directly word for word Huey P. Newton's speeches. So, um, maybe that was their way of being like, it's cool. We we saw Or maybe it wasn't the Black Panthers and it was a conspiracy by the man that set up the Black Panthers because they had informants going around and we know yeah. how to... Back then, You gotta watch them. They're tricky. Keep your eyes around yourself. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you for the history. Because I, I, I didn't know that. Wow. I feel like I know more about what goes on in the 60s, 70s, and 80s than I do now. I mean, yeah. That's not a bad thing. You got any quotes? Since this is your first time watching the film, do you have any quotes that stuck out to you? They're, they aren't going to be quotes that are popular from the film because you just pick out stuff that you just like. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so run those down for me, please. Okay, so, number one. Um, <laughs> um, tell the fat man I said go play with himself. Tell the fat man... And I said, go play with him, so. <laughs> I'm going to tell someone to go tell that man to play with himself. And then the other one, um, when, he, when he said that his hoes was at, was at acting out of, out of line and he had to put him, get him back on track. Oh, and he put said, a foot to her ass. Put a foot to her ass. I let a bitch get away with something last night. I shouldn't have let her get away with it. 
put a foot to her ass. <laughs> and then he laughed like. <laughs> <laughs> That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Put a foot to her ass. That's just what I'm gonna do. Wow. Put a foot to her ass. Yeah, I just do that. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I hadn't thought about that. that I need to go put a foot to her ass right now. Drop me off on this corner so I go put some foot to the ass. <laughs> And I would just like to, I would have liked to see him actually put the foot to the ass. I don't, I don't want to see that. I wanted to, because I wanted to see like, is it a, is it a kick? Is it a, um, but it's like that paddle that we saw that was a Timberland boot and you just put, and a, just put, put a foot to the ass. ass. I got it. That's, that's what it was for. Okay. okay. <laughs> Full circle. Okay. And then. <laughs> Right from the beginning, when they gambling and he pulling out his, I, I got money. I got money. I got money. I got money I love that. <laughs> and whenever one of my family members calls me, bro, I, I got money. <laughs> had money everywhere. It's not here. <laughs> and it's it, you gonna walk down the street. It's gonna look like your pockets got the mumps. <laughs> I was like, what? I never I, had those I never kind of mumps. mumps. Next, we're that again. Pimping. Well, speaking of pimping, you know, Goldie's to me his like most pimpinest pimp line was when he said, "Listen to me," because when Lulu came to that car and she ran around that corner <laughs> and she came crying and she was like, "They told you money, they made me scream, and he said, "Let me tell you something now. You listen to me, and you listen to me closely." I don't give a shit about what happened to you. Now, I want you to get yourself together and get back out there and get me my money. Now, I don't care how long it takes you. You get out there and get it. I it just, I, I, that's my least favorite part of the entire movie because it made me so sad. I'm like, but that's Lulu. The bottom bitch. Yeah. But he had to put the I foot know. to her ass. That's what it was. It wasn't literal, friends. He had to put the verbal foot to the ass. Because sometimes it don't even have to be physical. All you got to do is use your words. It still, it just, his pimping was different. He's a rest haven for hoes. So the fact that he like did all of that and she, the way she was crying, the way she was crying, you know that she not going to steal. She did, did the whole planetarium. I will not lie. I will not cheat. Can we please? I will not. Okay, we need to talk about the planetarium. Wait, wait a minute. Is this a cult? Yes. Yes. A yes. cult? You got mind control over these hoes. He did. And then he was he was joking and laughing about yes, it. I'm laughing, but it ain't funny. It ain't funny. <laughs> <laughs> Cut to the scene. And I'm just like, wow. He really did that. My friend. Can we please? Um, what what that is why i talked about at the beginning there's a level of manipulation and to me that's kind of coercion indirectly it's not it's covert it's not overt right. but it it's there is a, a director a teacher <laughs> <laughs> and all those positions are held by me <laughs> but i guess that's you need your holes in line like that if you gonna be pippin, he said, I, <laughs> he said, be your father, your lover, your friend, be everything, baby. Hmm. But you got to do, know that everything I say uh-huh. is for the betterment of us. It's for us. For I'm us. doing it for us. What about me, though? And no, I don't. There is no you, it's me and us. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. But what I found funny was that part of the pledge was I will not lie, I will not cheat, I will not steal. But he literally had a criminal academy where he was teaching them to lie, cheat, and steal. Show, show did. He even had the hotline for the other pimps to call. She's conning you, man. Bitches <laughs> <laughs> conning you. Yeah. See, and then <laughs> that was interesting because I'm like, wait, that's not his people though. Like. It's the it's the pimping hotline. It's the pimping hotline. So what he so and that's why he he changed the game in that way by providing support to fellow pimps and then he in also, true pimp of the year fashion, right? And then you know, oh girls, y'all want to wear something fly? Go steal it. Don't worry. <laughs> Go steal it. 
it's fine no worries <laughs> and so they was fly they they mm. had what they needed he that was just brilliant because <laughs> when i get a bitch i got a bitch mm. said like a pill <laughs> And so this cast is absolutely star-studded, um, especially for the 70s. With, of course, starring as Goldie, we have Max Julian. Carol Speed is Lulu. Richard Pryor. Okay, Richard but Pryor. And given a once-in-a-lifetime performance. Mm. White nigga. <laughs> I was so shocked at how... Show no titty, too. <laughs> <laughs> I was so I was so pr- impressed with his acting abilities. I, I thought you no, know, Richard Pryor Loki is a great actor, and I don't think like after after the the really starting in the seventies because in the sixties he started off being like in some serious roles. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of films where he is amongst an, an ensemble cast and he's actually acting. Mm-hmm. But then in the seventies, with him being and showing up to work high all the time, he started only getting certain types of roles. And then he, you know, grew as a comedian mm-hmm. and then people saw him in the comedic role more and more. And that kind of narrowed Shifted. some of the serious roles that he got to play. Because if we even look at um, Harlem Nights. He was great acting. He was funny as all get out. But yeah. the acting was still quality. That's true. He's a talented dude. That's very true. What I also uh, looked into and, and saw when I was looking into the Mac that um the scene which was very awkward uh with the rats when they put it's real but yeah it was real <laughs> like someone actually friends yeah kidnapped someone threw them in a trunk and threw a bunch of uh feral rats in the trunk with him and he heard him he driving around just that is the best funniest part to me <laughs> The, the So the gambler is the one who got thrown in a trunk. And the mm-hmm. gambler was cool as a cucumber mm-hmm. when he had the gun on him. He, he just, was, hey, man. Yeah. Hey, hey, man. No way. Hey. But they pulled them rats out. They dropped them off and he had the one in his hand. Okay. <laughs> Squeezing that thing like, you ain't gonna get me no more. <laughs> Yes, right. I, this and movie they is took, him a tough one. They tore him up. I said, "Oh no!" And then they 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 took him out, put him in front of the hospital. Lord, as uh, gentlemen, said, "Now go get your treatment." He probably got wigs. Go take care of yourself. He probably got wigs, but he can be treated immediately. <laughs> Quick intervention is the key <laughs> to treatment. My goodness, interesting times. I tell you. <laughs> But basically, Richard Pryor was able to get add those pieces in there because he himself mm-hmm. experienced that. Well, people that he knew, um, you know, involved in the game, he 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 recalled them sharing situations like this, especially going to the barbershop and um, what else? What was the other thing that he had them do? Oh, I don't forget. Next, <laughs> Richard Pryor was born and raised in a brothel. Mm-hmm. And his grandmother was a madam. So he had a specific insight to the film. And which is why he was one of the writers. It's actually the director, um, Campus, Max, Julian, Play Goldie, and Richard Pryor collectively wrote the film. Yes. But there was a lot of improv... Uh, improv- yeah, imp- improvisation? Mm-hmm. I got the alley you. I'm right there. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, friend. <laughs> That's why you're here. I love you. <laughs> I know, right? Randomly. Yes, we can. Uh, <laughs> but without um want to interrupt because we are able to do the Mac because we have a very special friend of the show, DJ Rodney Pope, who hey. looked out and got us access to the film because I don't know if everyone out there knows you cannot stream this anywhere. Mm-hmm. You can't even order the DVD off of Amazon no more. I don't know what happened. Mm-hmm. I used to have a DVD. I know that I ordered it offline. I don't know why you can't find this film anymore. So if you have not seen it before, I need you to try to find a way to illegally pirate it so that you can get access to it. I didn't say that. I, I don't illegally pirate, but... Um, but you know, it's okay if, if you if you happen to do that. Okay. Because there's no other way to watch the film. No, and actually it's always been that case since since the starting of this movie. You can only get it at like bootleg. That was it. Until it came out on VHS and then all of a sudden 
it just is nowhere to be. They keep popping up, disappearing. Maybe Max Julian people is going through some litigation Ooh, about it. Really? Maybe I'm assuming that's that's a guess. That's not a, a fact. Well, if you get it, hold it tight. Don't let it go because it is something sacred around these streets, around these pots. I was just happy to get a chance to watch it. Yes, it is a great film and was even a great film then. There was <laughs> when the film was originally released. It actually outsold in those first couple weeks. Um, the Godfather. Wow. Mm-hmm. I didn't even know that. We was out here supporting black exploitation films. Okay. <laughs> black exploitation. Yes. I okay. So mm. I have, I have a thing with black exploitation films. Yes. I absolutely love them. They yes. are all amazing, and I don't care how bad the acting or the editing or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's great um, because for what it did for the culture. But here's my thing with black exploitation films. I feel like it's it's black exploitation films is like the reminder of no matter how deep or what kind of beef that you have going on, like out here in these streets in your lives, like with your with your with your brother, man, the real enemy that is gonna keep you from doing what you want and truly being free is the man. Mm. And I think my issue with black exploitation films is that in each of these movies, there is a single individual who gets to win against the man and not us collectively. Mm. But that's why I love this movie so much Mm -hmm. because the, what Olinga, the brother and Goldie represent in society, Mm. it took for them to come together for them to be able to kill the Hank, the evil police officer. So they got the man by working together. And so Mm -hmm. for me, I feel like that's the closest representation we have of the street side and the righteous side working together to move us collectively forward. I be digging deep. You know, I see. Mm I see. And this is why this is your baby. This your branch out. I was like, yes, friend. I didn't watch none of these movies, but let's do it, friend. (laughs) But now that you mention it, I don't think I've ever... Had a plot or storyline that takes the two, like, opposing teams that come together and go against, in Black film, Mm -hmm. at least. Mm -hmm. Um, Wow. So, that says a lot. Maybe maybe we should come together as a people. That's all I've been saying. But the problem is, is that we, we, that's the, the problem. We were not able to. Because we we have so many differences, or that the, has it been systemically ingrained in us to see each other as, you know, uh, a com- uh, competition or that one, you know, yeah, that one. Mm. It's sad. <laughs> <laughs> it's sad. You know, we we working against it. The, the, the man is tricky. Mm. You gotta watch. Yeah, yeah. Gotta watch. Yeah. Around. <laughs> Um, so let me wrap up real quick. Some of these quotes, I'll be saying them all throughout the film because I can't help myself. But, um, just some of the ones that stuck out that I feel like are kind of popular is that nigga wanted the honey. All we want Mm -hmm. is the money. (laughs) 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 I'm talking cash shit in that garbage (laughs) shop. I like that one. That's a good one. That's a good one. That should be a shirt. <laughs> Coming soon. Um, I have to lose all the brain cells in my head to get something as fine as you. Remember me? I'd have to lose all the brain cells in my head before I forget something as fine as you. <laughs> Pimpin. Wait, what was the one? I'm probably going to butcher this one. But when he was like, he found the white girl so pretty, it made his kneecaps hard. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, well, damn. (laughs) And when they was at the baseball game, speaking of hard, how the hell y'all expect me to catch with a hard on? Y'all ain't give me no damn cup. (laughs) Wait. What? And that was another random scene too, especially little because girl. Players, you know, you ain't got together. That was that was artistic. Was it artistic? Yes, that was, was art. Getting her drowning. <laughs> a water fountain. <laughs> she trying to drink the water. 
whole face come back and comes back to her, her face is wet. Like, did she drown? Like, what happened? Like, you can't drown in a fountain. <laughs> in a water fountain. <laughs> <laughs> that baby did. Okay, I'm sorry. No, no. <laughs> Another one of my favorites. Next time you hear grown folks talking, shut the fuck up, here. Mm. Nigga, next time you hear grown folks talking, shut the fuck up, here. Yeah? Only played by Dick Anthony Williams. He had, ooh, he had some lines. Mm. <laughs> I'm a rich nigga. I got lawyers, you beat walking motherfucker. Ooh. <laughs> I'm like, ooh, shit. He, he gave me confidence. Like, shoot, let me get a lawyer. <laughs> I actually, I love it anytime that someone in a film gets to like put the police officers like in their place and let them know, hey, right. the beat walking motherfucker. <laughs> hey, hey, Risking hey. me, nigga with money, okay? Get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> he had, why did Pretty Tony had to die? He died for no reason. Now, why I did diagnose him with player hating, dickhead, the personality disorder. You know, I thought it was going to come eventually. It, it, you know, it's 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 one of my favorites. Yes. It's, unfortunately, it's common and it's plaguing mm. our communities. But he died for no reason. Mm. He did not kill Goldie's mama. He didn't. It was funny when he made him stick himself, though. Stick yourself, Tony! <laughs> <laughs> like, how do you... <laughs> like you, you make someone stab themselves at gunpoint. Like that's some. <laughs> Come on, man, you work for me. <laughs> just stick yourself. I'm telling you, he's like, just yourself. Stick yourself. Yeah, that's so painful. That's a painful. He's smart though. You know, he picked a fatty area. He went with the butt. It's smart. No. <laughs> no. That's just so you don't want to do it nowhere else where you would hurt yourself. So you pick a fatty area. So you do the butt. And the butt. <laughs> Literally. Mercy, <laughs> mercy. But also, you know, the camera's not right there. So we can't see him actually stop himself. Oh. Also smart. Oh, true shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Little tricks of the trade. I'll be, I'll be learning. I, I was like, did he really stab himself? Is this really going on? Cause all I hear, like, okay, I guess. <laughs> if you would like to improve the sound quality and visuals of your content, try Boxed Up. You can go to their Instagram page at tryboxedup or visit their website at tryboxedup.com if you would like to improve the equipment that you have for the content that you create. <laughs> but to go through the criteria that I felt that Pretty Tony made uh, matched for this. Um, player hate and dickhead personality disorder, where it is an enduring pattern of inner experience and behavior that deviates markedly from the expectations of an individual's culture. You pimping, you're supposed to be focused on your pimping. You can't be out here pimping, you focus on the next pimping, pimping, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, the pattern for uh, where I feel like he met was manifested in two areas where cognition, he was perceiving and interpreting himself in a way that was slightly disordered where he thought that he was the top pimp. And at the player's ball, like, yeah, you're good. But you're not number one. Mm. The people have voted. And it's not you, pretty Tony. It's because he was pretty. He felt like he was, you know, you know, he was entitled to. Right. But also the perception, his perceiving of others and events as well. So even when the Mac was not on top, when the Mac was just first starting out, Mm -hmm. Richard Pryor says, they talk about Goldie, Goldie. And pretty Tony knock a bitch down the other day for talking about Goldie. So that mean that he been hating. He been See, it's no... You right, friend. Because he sure did knock mm-hmm. a bitch down. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, impulse control. So he knocking a bitch down for talking about Goldie. He knocked it... When you hear grown folks talking, shut the fuck up. Like, he knocking everybody down. Mm-hmm. He's not... In, he has an inability to control his urges and think through his decisions before engaging in behaviors. So those are, you know, that's why I felt like hair hate dickhead personality disorder. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I yes. still don't feel like he needed to die though. I feel like actually with treatment, Pretty Tony could have been all right. He could have returned to a quality level of pimping mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. um maybe not as many hoes. Definitely not as many hoes because they were they were definitely choosing um, Goldie, Goldie, and yeah. I think that 
Well, fortunately, he died, so he would not have received the treatment. And he could have built up another stable of hoes. It's just that he lost his bottom to go to. Because China died was about to bring me $200,000 tonight. Mm. I had two years. I ain't never touched it. She gave me $200,000. Mm. I did not diagnose Lulu with anything but being a quality bottom bitch. I think she was good at her job. She knew her responsibilities. She took control of the other hoes. She taught them things. She made sure she, you know, they was doing hitting licks together. So she was working well with the team. She wasn't jealous of none of the other hoes. And she continued to to work with Goldie even after he said, get out there and make my money. I'm so disappointed in him with that. He had to, though. I don't care. I don't give a damn. He's still a pimp. Well, I mean, if he, if he let her get away with that shit, then that means that then she has some type of extra special attention. Other she than should him. extra special attention. No, no, only he gets the extra special attention. <laughs> Remember? Remember? <laughs> okay, I mean, I didn't diagnose her either. Um, I didn't know what could possibly fit that um, criteria or what criteria she fits. Mm-hmm. Um, other than like a you know life crisis V code something, was she in crisis? No, she wasn't. Because it seemed like she was already home before Goldie got out, and that's why the people was she was saying when he first got out, they mad at me, they coming down yeah. on me because they want me to choose. But mm-hmm. she like I don't like none of the way that they run in their organizations, mm-hmm. and so I you need know, you to help me out. She basically said, "Do me a solid, be my pimp." Basically, yes, that's that's exactly how that went. That is exactly how that conversation went. And it feels as though she also wanted to have a little bit of a partnership with that. I'll do that's why I was so disappointed that he responded yeah. as 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 harshly. He could have put something nice on the end of it. It didn't have to just he didn't call her out. I don't her give name. a shit what happened to you. Like, he didn't have to say that part. Okay. He could have just said, clean yourself up, take a minute, and get back out there and make my money. He did not have to say, I don't give a shit what happens to you. Yeah. I was disappointed in him. Yeah, that's true. I probably would have said it that way, too. (laughs) 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 Good I mean, <laughs> just I don't know. Maybe, maybe I would be a considerate pimp and <laughs> you know that my hoes would need this one needs you more than this one does. Considerate pimp, get out of here! <laughs> now this one I have to give positive reinforcement. This one I have to give consequences to. You wanted him to be a therapist too? No, I just and want to, I, I want want him to make as roles. much money as he possibly could so that he could continue to support his community, get his mama up off the hood. Listen, and there wasn't no pimp university back then. He was running it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Brand new into pimping and he running Pimp Academy. <laughs> That's the problem. We Partly, found the issue. That's it. You know, he was the teacher and the student at the same damn time. Because all of these positions are held by me. By him. Okay. <laughs> that's it. That's all. So for Goldie, mm-hmm. I diagnosed him with substance use disorder and sustained remission. Okay. It was in a controlled environment Wait. when he was in prison, but he kept it up. We wow. don't have a heroin use? We could get specific, but I assume that he might have been doing something else too. So we don't know specifically. So I, I just did. didn't specifically label. Yes, it was heroin, but he mm-hmm. might have been doing something Oh, you're right. I keep it generic when I don't know the details. Okay. That's just me. Okay. Why that's wrong? You do more substance abuse work than I do. So is that wrong? No. Okay. Would I not get reimbursed for that as a billable hour? No, you didn't get reimbursed. Okay. I see judgment in your eyes. Because any other film, you'd be like not having details and you'd be giving diagnosis out the wazoo. But this one, like, we specifically know that he was on drugs. We just don't know which one. But that man was a, a heroin dealer. Yeah, but Goldie said that he might have been getting high on some other shit, too. <laughs> and cocaine is the other drugs. So they was probably doing that, too. I'm just saying. <laughs> so I'm throwing a broad blanket, casting a wide net out here. All right. <laughs> yeah, you right. You right. You right. But I also... 
went from some of the other behaviors that we were seeing from him um what what post-traumatic stress disorder what are your thoughts mm, like based off of that jail scene not just the jail scene some other things but just the, what are your initial thoughts in hearing that i went ptsd um okay so initially when i think about like the car crash mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that and he said that he every time he sat in that jail cell, he kept thinking about that car crash and ending up in that same position with them two white men looking at him. <clears throat> um, and then, yeah, I mean, and then they're constantly harassing him mm-hmm. all the time. So mm-hmm. it's not like I can get over this. I'm constantly triggered by these same individuals over and over again. Yep. So would it be complex or? But in this case, post-traumatic, yeah. Yeah, okay. I just went I just went um, PTSD because, mm-hmm. like you said, not even the going to prison part, just the experience of the shootout mm-hmm. coupled with the car crash, coupled mm-hmm. then with the police officers, like all of that traumatically in him. Like how you say it, describing that. I always end up upside down in that stupid car mm-hmm. looking at them stupid officers. Like it's, <laughs> it's coming to him. And so um, it was exposure to actual or threatened serious injury, death. Mm-hmm. Um, he ex- directly experienced the traumatic event himself and experienced repeated or extreme. Oh, no, sorry. I'm looking at the wrong thing. He also experienced recurrent and involuntary and intrusive distressing memories of the traumatic event. Then there is the avoidance of or efforts to avoid the external reminders, Mm -hmm. which would be the police officers, Mm -hmm. because they arouse distressing memories, thoughts or feelings that are closely associated with the traumatic event. And then there also was the presence of the persistent negative emotional state where when he is being aggressive towards the women when he's in front of them. But to me, what I picked up on is also feelings of guilt when he is by himself and he's considering certain stuff. Mm-hmm. Like even when he gets, when he's talking to his brother, it seems like he hears his brother. He hears like the righteous way of thinking about things mm-hmm. and he feels guilty, but he's like, but if you have a chance to get out of a rat infested ghetto, you have to, you have to take it. And so feeling like that was kind of coupled with that. And even then when he's expressing that, he's feeling frustrated. Just lots of negative um, experiences of emotion. And then reckless or destructive behavior, some hypervigilance, which actually he kind of needed to keep himself safe because mm-hmm. it was coming from every angle. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I thought that all of those together kind of shaped what we saw from Goldie and his, and his approach to pimping. Do you ever feel as if he lost lost track of who he was through all of this? Through pimping or through the accident? I through mean, all of it, right? Because, like, his sense of self seems... It definitely... You can see the transition and the changes that happen for him. And I guess when you when you get to a certain level, as Fat Man said, it's, it's not good for you to get up this high. And to be getting too big. Too Word big. came down. <laughs> right. Like, excuse yeah. me. Um, but do you have a diagnosis? I don't. For him? I will talk about him. Ooh, second, okay. But, keep going. but yeah. <laughs> so I wonder, like, you know, is that a thing where someone can get so full of themselves? Because he he did get full of himself, which is why he was able to talk to Lulu the way he did. Because it it was no longer like me and you, we we a team and partnership. It's you, my bitch, and you about to go do what I told you to do. I feel the opposite, actually. Mm. I feel like it, this was him finding the opportunity to actually begin to explore who he wanted to be. Mm-hmm. I felt like he was working up under Fat Man for so for before, and he was constantly under the influence of drugs. He like got them broke down to his bottom with being in prison and having to like this was his opportunity to build himself up mm-hmm. in a different way, and so it was his first opportunity to try on different things and see. And but I think there were parameters put around that because in pimping you have to approach things in a certain way, mm-hmm. and so because of the pimping, I feel like it put parameters around him being able to explore him what he could be who he could be what that looked like and i feel like this was the first opportunity that he had to be a leader mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and so i feel like maybe if you know not if i'm sure his pimping continued maybe he will back away from things like the planetarium maybe he will back away from those <laughs> kind of extra controlling things and begin to be more um 
I guess maybe hands off, like maybe he would give Lulu a leadership role where she would then control mm. and massage and the girls. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But but with this creativity, because who would think to, to have the planetarium? Who would think of that? So I mean, like clearly or even has, a hotline for pimps. Clearly he has creativity that he hasn't been able to or had opportunities to explore in the past. So he definitely opens a strip club. That's my prognosis. And I mean, he still had holes in uh, how to be a player. Yes. With um, Bill Bellamy. There you go. And so he, we, we, see, we see Goldie as he, you know, ages and still has holes and is out here still doing his thing. Yes. So I agree with you. Um, I think that he, I think this was him coming out this time was his first opportunity to really get a sense of self, of himself without being clouded by drugs, alcohol and being his own leader and how he wanted to run things as opposed to being up under someone else's organization. Word. If Goldie was your client, mm-hmm. what would you do? I'd become his hoe. <laughs> Y'all, I quit. <laughs> quit. <laughs> I played too much. If he was my client, what would I do? <laughs> um, <laughs> okay, so what's he? I mean, what's his? He does What's his problem? What's his presenting problem? Okay, he has PTSD. Um, he's constantly being triggered by this police officer that he is now murdered. Mm-hmm. But the other one's still alive, ain't he? Just alive. He killed Hank, but just alive. Mm. But now, does he have intrusive thoughts about? And nightmares killing about killing me. Okay, just <laughs> questions. Questions that need answers. I know. Um, you know, honestly, I would process, you know, a lot of the trauma feelings that he's experiencing, but of course, slowly, not like the primary focus of our of our work together. Because also he lost his mother too. And mm-hmm. so I think that's also something that would need to be worked on together. It doesn't seem as if there was space in this movie that showed room for grief and grieving for him. Mm-hmm. So, of course, that that's going to also be... Um, Olenka said, I just need to get my hands on the motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> that's all he wanted. That was his grief process. Ooh, I'm sorry. He was corrupt, but please continue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Anyhow, um, <laughs> the boy is done. <laughs> um, so... I feel that, you know, we would go through um, some processing together. Um, just, I don't really have a lot that I would I would do with him. What, what would you do? You think I would do, home? I would not be his hoe. Um, I, would, I would not be his hoe. Emergencies only for me. For you. See, that's that's my choice. How I choose. Yes. Um, but then I would be like, if I ever... I know where to go. Um, <laughs> Will you be my <laughs> Just like Lulu. Yes. And so, anywho, um, I think I would look at reality therapy because I want something short, sweet, to the point mm-hmm. because he's not going to stay long. No. He got Mm-mm. money to be made, things to do. Things are happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so just what is it that you want to work on? What are the things that you're doing to get you there? What place, what needs aren't being met? Mm-hmm. How do you get those needs met? How do we use that creativity that you have to establish that? You have lots of strengths. Let's operate from a strength, strengths-based perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, all of that good stuff. And then, all right, now go ahead. I like that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, and to me, I think a little bit of a solution focus could be sprinkled on there, mm-hmm. you know, and because... That's just straight to the point. Let's, what's the problem? You got the tools to solve them. And he does. Mm-hmm. And that's that's what we realize. And, and seeing his character, he does have the power and ability to solve his own problems. 100%. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, with me being a former school counselor, solution focus is sprinkled into everything that I do. Whether mm-hmm. I intend to do it or not, it's mm-hmm. just where I initially was operating from so much, so routine, routinely, mm-hmm. that if it's... it find its way back into the work that I do now. It's just a, yeah. It's part of who I am. Are you so eclectic? <laughs> Integrationist. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't diagnose Olinga. I just thought Olinga was fine. And we, I believe, fully believe Olinga. that we do need to form a Black America within, but without white America. Mm. 
I kind of, I, that was one of my favorite lines. I don't know. I should have It's Huey P. Newton's line, but yeah. Olinka deli- delivered it beautifully. Okay, he showed it the edge. Yes, played by Roger E. Mosley. Mm-hmm. 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 Good stuff. He was, he was, he was great. I'm, I'm going to leave it there. I'm not going to do what I usually do. What? He was great. Oh. Moving right along. Oh, you mean a uh, fangirl over him? What do you think about their mama? She was beautiful. She was. Mm-hmm. I think she was struggling she felt guilty with the life that she provided them mm-hmm. because of the loss of her husband their father mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what should would you consider her an enabler oh hell yeah mm-hmm. hell yeah because mm-hmm. the one that's doing the positive shit he like yeah my man understood me since daddy died yeah but then my baby golden <laughs> he, he come in and she's just in love with it like what is this <laughs> Do you think Goldie looked like they daddy? <laughs> I think he does. Big mm-hmm. facts. Big facts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's sad. Mm-hmm. Don't have favorites when you have your parents. I, I know that I'm going to have favorites when I have kids, though. Whichever one is, is the one that listens. The No, yeah. I'm color struck. Whichever one is going to be the darkest, that's going to be the one I love more. That's exactly what I was about to say. I feel like it was some colorism here. And that she possibly favored Goldie because he was lighter. It's possible. It's possible. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a thing. It's I'm gonna be the opposite. I'm gonna be the opposite. I'm gonna equal out the world. I'm gonna love and my little light skin baby is gonna just feel left out because I'm gonna love on on the brown one so much more. Not on purpose. I promise. I'm gonna try not to do it, but it's gonna happen. At least you honest. Yeah. Hopefully, my I baby just daddy. Hope they don't listen husband, to this. Knows the. Knows and picks up for the other one. And so then it'll be balanced. One will just have a stronger connection with one parent and the other will have a stronger connection with the other. Judge me. I don't care. This is who I am. I'm showing authentically up as myself these days. I appreciate it. You know, (laughs) (laughs) that's terrible. Future (laughs) Courtney baby. She. You probably won't ever exist because parenthood is looking like the the ghetto neighborhood. I don't know if I want to be there. Baby. He's stunned there. <laughs> just the things that happen to your body. Like, the kids seem okay. It just seemed like, I don't want my feet to grow. No more. No more? <laughs> like, they already, like, a, a, a fairly large size for my frame. I don't feel like they need to grow anymore after that. I don't want to do jumping jacks and then pee on myself because I've had children. Or laugh. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's tough. I don't want to get acne as an adult. Mm. There's mm. some real stuff that happened to a woman's body. I do not want my butt. I don't want it to split open from my vagina to my butt and then have to get stitches to sew it back together and then have to care for my own wound and the newborn baby that they just hand to me. And then we're both in diapers for those first couple months. All of that sounds terribly, terribly bad. Your nipples crack. Mm. Crack. Mm. But I I wish that the best for y'all though. I hope y'all baby's going to be beautiful. I babysit. I throw your baby shower. I got Bentley. <laughs> <laughs> my Bentley boy is my dog. Anywho, moving right along. Slim. Also substance intoxication. Was he high? I don't know. I think I just just <laughs> off of, I think I just off Richard Pryor being like he was so high through the whole film, he don't even remember shooting the movie. Oh, sugar honey. So I was just like, remember, he, I'm drunk. All right, I'm drunk. Mm-hmm. But baby, I was there. <laughs> I didn't lie to run, Jack. <laughs> I just assumed the whole film he was drunk slash high slash out of his mind because the actor was. So <laughs> it had just appeared for him to be as well. It's fitting. He was running them bases though, won't he? They were trying <laughs> okay, to get him out of the way. They was running in platforms. I love it. Loved it. <laughs> Girl show up to bat in her platform boots. Mm hmm. And her frog. I love it. You ain't playing baseball if you ain't with a leather outfit. Platforms. Ooh, that leather outfit when they ran out from that guy who was in the bathtub. I said, girl, that shit. Why? I want that outfit. I'm sure I could find it on Fashion Nova. (laughs) The vegan leather. The vegan (laughs) leather. Maybe in chocolate because she was boing. (laughs) I want that outfit. I feel like I really feel like Fat Man thought that he was doing Goldie a solid by inviting him <laughs> in. I think he really thought that he was looking out for him and doing right by him by inviting him in. Mm-hmm. He did. 
He, he really did. And the that's caucasity. Why, the, the caucasity of it all. Yes. Yes, ma'am. Mm. I don't like it. Mm-mm. Matter of fact, the caucasity of this film. And so we started off with the disclaimer about white about um, women being put in positions where they're choosing in this film. However, the film isn't the negative part. Actually, the creation of like the actual production is where women were being put in uncomfortable situations. Mm. And that's what I don't like. And shout out to Max Julian for trying to advocate for for the women in this film as well. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the caucasity, the white director did not listen and did what the fuck he wanted to do anyway and shot the the elephants, mm-hmm. the elephants scene behind Max Julian back and then added it to the film in final production. A fucking felt, asshole. It felt unnecessary. Okay, and that's what Max Julian said. And oh, so he found the scene where the cop is um rubbing all on and mm-hmm. talking all and, and elephants and, derogatory. and all of it was terrible. Yeah. So he found that to be offensive, yes. especially to black women. Mm-hmm. And but Michael Campus just shot it anyway behind his back and they asked him why. And he said because he wanted the character to be shown as decadent. And then so Max Julian was like, that's even more offensive. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? First of all, it doesn't show decadence and because of the girl is black and because of her weight that's what's supposed to make it decadent like what that's more offensive and so it was uncomfortable to watch and you could i know that she's supposed to be kind of have it acting as though like i don't want i don't want this like hurry up you know but it also showed that like why am i sitting here doing this right now (laughs) and i'm gonna show you the part that pisses me off because even you saying that Mm -hmm. the actress norma mcclure shout out to her you deserve better, beautiful black woman. Mm. She's not acting. She mm. didn't. She wasn't enjoying the scene. That you can tell at all. I mean, he but he all up on. I didn't like it. All of it is that is to, uh, that okay. wasn't a that wasn't a cool part of the film. And I was like, at first, like throughout the years watching it, just being like okay maybe this is just some white people shit that i don't understand Mm -hmm. but then learning that she did not enjoy shooting the scene Mm -hmm. makes me not like it at all max julian said that that's his only regret for the film yeah is that scene anyway speaking of hank i hated his fucking guts he's a terrible character (laughs) person i feel like if i saw the man in real life i wouldn't be able to separate the character i feel sorry so very sorry to you don gordon the actor but hank was an asshole and if i ever see you i'm gonna have a real hard time if you're still alive i'm gonna have a real hard time separating the character from you the person yeah because it's just all bad i just yeah all of all of those fat man hank the other one all of them jed it's they they irritated my soul. Like, why are you here? Why you gotta? Ooh. Hank said was talking about Ovinka and said that self righteous son of a bitch trying to make this neighborhood safe to walk around in. Bitch, that's your job. You the police. They. I mean, he he tried to. They said they <laughs> were trying to. They suck at then it. Then we're gonna be out of a job. Right that's your job. fucking job. <laughs> Do your job. You should be happy. He helping you. Duh. But then also. I don't know if they they seemed like they were crooked cops and needed them to be out on the street. Exactly. So that's what he was saying. Oh, never mind. My whole point. You just lost the whole point. Moving on. Um, I diagnosed Hank with antisocial personality disorder. He really enjoyed the 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 breaking the law in the way that he did. He mm-hmm. said he wished he could kill Goldie Mama again. Yeah, that was kind of that was cold. Why and unnecessary? Yes, too damn much. I can go through the criteria that I felt that uh, Hank met with mm-hmm. his antisocial personality disorder. I felt that he had a failure to conform to social norms with respect to lawful behaviors, as indicated by repeatedly performing acts that are grounds for arrest. Mm-hmm. You know, him just being a whole police officer and being crooked, and accepting money from and payment, and kind of shaking down the criminals in order to allow them to continue to operate when it's your job to Mm -hmm. protect and serve you Mm -hmm. know police just deceitfulness indicated by repeating lying uh yes that as well irritability and aggressiveness just running up on people and trying to beat them up for no reason trying to run up and shoot people for no reason i ain't running because i ain't no damn track star okay she Um, she a track star Reckless disregard for safety of self and others, as well as lack of remorse indicated by being indifferent or rationalized or having hurt, mistreated or stolen from another, or in this case, being happy that he killed Goldie's mama. How dare you? How dare you? 
And I was disappointed in Jed, but I feel like if he had a different partner, he would have had a different experience as a police officer. I think so. I think he might have been like one of those assholes that like unnecessarily have an attitude with you and like talk hot shit because they're a police officer when they pull you over. But I don't feel like he would have been the murderous, thieving butthead that he turned into being Hank's partner. (laughs) Murderous, thieving. It's just so, so trifling. A spade is a spade and I will call it as such. (laughs) <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> I just ugh, they were all bad I didn't like yeah. any of them that's all I really had for the episode <laughs> I mean that was a lot but it was good though I mean we could get into some more just quotes because that'll make me happy let's get into some quotes okay um ones that we haven't uh addressed yet is when Goldie is really just talking about like the different hardships that holds face out here on on the walk in the stroll and just the risks that they take and then Mm -hmm. they turn around and give that to some man and you know Richard Pryor tries to validate him and reinforce by saying well that's because your game's strong baby and then Goldie reminds him well I ain't talking about me I'm talking about them other cats (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) it was like (laughs) that that wasn't for me that was for them so he, he didn't see himself as a pimp he saw himself, but he was talking about them other cats. Like, I know my game's strong. They do it for me because my game's strong. I don't see how these other cats is getting these women out to go risk their lives like this. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> That's some real shit. <laughs> my game's so good. I just don't understand. Yeah. I, I got these girls out here, well, almost going to get their arm broken from this white man from the suburbs. For them, they should get their own broken for me. Because <laughs> my game is good. <laughs> you get real estate. Mm-hmm. What was that? You can own your own real estate. <laughs> you can have your own bank account. Oh, oh, oh. I made it. I couldn't get it it on my own. (laughs) I'm doing all of the work, but I couldn't have done it by myself. (laughs) Thank you, Goldie, for your guidance. (laughs) The pimpacity, okay? (laughs) (laughs) I can't believe you said that. That shit was hilarious. (laughs) Real estate, your own bank account. That whole scene was so crazy to me. One thing we didn't mention, the music. Yeah, we always be talking about the music. But baby, that's that shit. Mm. Shout out to Willie Hutch for um, bringing all of the musical numbers that we had together. We had actual groups performing. Mm. Yeah, I loved it. I Shout out to the fashions, mm. which was heavily influenced by the decisions of Max Julian. Oh, because he was flat. That little cape he had on. Mm. I want one. The white coat the white fur that he wore to the players ball is now in the museum it is iconic Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yes the players ball like wait a minute what the players ball i would have went to the players ball i would have did you have to be a hoe to go to the players ball he said you can go to the players ball did you have to be a hoe as did you have to be but did you have to be a hoe like can like can you be outside? Like can you work at the bank? Like general public? Can you sign them up for they for their bank account? And be like, can and I still, be and still go to the players' ball? Like if I buy a ticket for or buy a table, can mm-hmm. I go to a fundraiser? Ooh, I wonder. That's I would have wanted question. to go to the players' ball. I we should come. We should have a players' ball next anniversary. Is a ball. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Um. Anywho, uh, we're bringing it back. I'm sorry. If if you cannot tell from the excitement in our voices, we're just very happy to be in the same room with each other recording. This in in two and a half years of this podcast, over 50 episodes, we have never shared a mic before and been Ever. in the same room recording the show. So this is really it's exciting. That's so crazy. We, we started this because of the pandemic, being separated, wanting connection, and then to be in a space together. It's like, oh, we've been waiting for this. <laughs> <laughs> Except Rosie keep burping in my face, y'all. I, I, I had lunch before this. I got indigestion. If you would like to support the show to help us get more content out to you all, you can visit our website and follow the support the show link to become a Patreon member or donate on our cash app. Now we're happy to get the kind of money that jingles, but we'd rather the kind that folds. 
As always, be sure to follow us on Instagram at the DSM podcast, and you can subscribe to our show wherever you get podcasts. While you're there, go ahead and leave us a comment because we are counselors and actually care about what you have to say. Until next time, y'all. Peace. Okay, you cinephiles. Bye.